Uh, my name is Mark. Um, I am the lead pastor here at, at Impact Rock. Um, my wife, Kara, is normally here with us, but she is in California um, having fun with her soon-to-be sister-in-law and uh, her mom's out there and sisters, and they're just having a wonderful time, kind of a bachelorette weekend. I wouldn't call it a bachelorette party because when you go to Disneyland and a day spa, it's not really... <laughs> A wild bachelorette party, but I guess that's what it is. So, she she called and said, "Tell everybody I miss them, and I and I love them, and tell them hi." So that's that's from Kara. Yay! Uh, if you are a guest with us today, welcome. It really is great to have you with us. Um, we're in the midst of a series where uh, we have been talking about who we are as a church, and the name of that series is is Heritage. And the reason we named it that is there is a legacy that we are leaving behind. You know, we are not on this earth just to, to live our lives without making a difference, without making an impact. Um, so this Heritage Series is all about talking about who we are and what is our DNA, what is our makeup, what are the things that we are passionate about, called to do, and that we're going to pass down to generations saying, hey, this is who we are and this is who we're called to be. So in this series, uh, we have we spent a portion of time talking about one, profound love for God. You guys, it all starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. It all starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. So profound love for God. Two, demonstrative love, or I'm sorry, genuine love for His church. We are meant to love each other. We are meant to have grace for each other and patience for each other and to forgive each other and at times to tolerate each other. At times to overlook things and to pray, and to be committed to each other. And we're to do that genuinely. No fronts, no facades. We're not supposed to be fake. You know, uh, just in that spirit of being real, man, today was kind of a <laughs> kind of a crappy kind of day for me. It was just with Kara being out of town, me juggling everything and soccer games and the kids. and uh, I just felt like I just was dropping the ball left and right. So it was just very, very frustrating and very hard. So... Um, I called uh, Amy, and uh, Amy and James were on their way to church, and they prayed for me on the phone. And so I'm like, all right, I feel better. Then I got into worship. And I'm like, oh, I feel better. Then I went over and took communion and remembered Jesus. Remembered that his body was broken so that we could be whole. Remembered that his blood was shed to pay the price for my sin. And next thing you know, it was all better. Circumstances, you know, may not have changed, but me yielding to Him and letting Him have His way changed. So I want to encourage us, church, prayer and worship and communion, they are meant to be things that allow us to touch God, to touch Him, to communicate with Him, and to be changed. And as a testimony, that's exactly what took place. So I, I feel great. I, I told Melody, I'm like, I was about to say, just run it back, just... From the top, baby. Just, just keep on worshiping. That was awesome. The third part of this series is demonstrative love for his lost. Church, we are called to demonstrate it. We say we love somebody. There's, there has to be action behind it. There has to be movement behind it. There there has to be thought given to, okay, I say I love people. How can I demonstrate it? I love him with, with I love them with his love. 
So we're called to demonstrate that. So as part of that series, we've been talking about evangelism the last several weeks. And uh, evangelism, just quite simply, is this. This is our definition of evangelism. Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ through our actions, words, and life, all motivated by God's love and empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. So let's just take a a minute and pray uh, before we jump into talking about testimony. Um, Let's just pray and and yield to the Lord and invite Him to, to be in the center. Amen. Lord, we love you and we look to you and oh, we need you so bad. We need your life and your love and your forgiveness and your grace and your wisdom and your strength and your guidance. We need you. It's not our desire to go through this life or through the service or through our day without you being right in the center. So we invite you, be in control, be in the center. We yield to you. You're the boss. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way right now. Have your way. Personalize the words that are coming from from the front of this room, but personalize them where it just lands in the center of each one of our hearts and makes a profound difference. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. By the way, before I, I totally jump into the message, I want to give one more big thank you. Last week was a very busy week for Impact Rock with the Erie Town Fair and then going straight from the town fair to here. And I just want to thank, we had we had help. We had some people just really step it up and people showed up at the end just when we were getting tired and it was wonderful. So I just want to thank you guys. You guys are all awesome. Thank you for your help. And everything you did. So, we're going to talk about testimony. Tonight, that is the focus of our message, testimony. If you want to go ahead and turn uh, in your Bible to Acts chapter 26, that's where we'll be reading from. But, i got a question for you. Who do you find it easy to talk about? And why? Who do you find it easy just to, to talk about? And why? Is it a loved one? Do you just find it just easy just to to just gush about that one you love? Your husband, your wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance? Is it is it a hero? I could bore you to death talking about Prince. Absolutely. Okay, I'm a product of the eighties Prince. Yeah, I know he's like, you know, he's a kind of a quirky little guy. But man, he's funky, you know. So I could, you know, is it, is it a hero? Is it a favorite actor or athlete or singer or musician? You know, is it somebody who you admire their skill set? I know there's some of you that if I just open the door to John Elway, just open the door, I'd lose this, this pulpit and you'd be sitting there talking about just the power of John Elway. Or for our musicians, you know, who's that person that that is just incredible that you look to? Is it a parent or a child? Is it a friend? Is it a famous friend or associate? Someone you know that you're associated with and maybe they have a little bit of fame and so, you know, it's really exciting to be associated with that person and, and so you could just talk forever about them. Or is it is it yourself? Do you find it easy to talk about yourself? Now, for those of us who like to talk we're like, do we have to just choose one? Because I'm good about with all those. I can talk about all those. Just, we'll start with me and I'll get to you eventually. <laughs> you know? So, you know, 
we all, there, there's people that, for each one of us, it's easy to talk about. Why? Why is it easy to talk about those people? And so we're going to go ahead and open it up. I have like a whole list of answers. But why don't we open it up and make it a group participation? So the people that you just find it easy to talk about, just give me a brief why. Why is it easy for you to talk about those people that you just find so natural to do so about? Admiration. They're always on your mind. You're always thinking about them. You know a lot about them. They inspire you and because they're awesome. You can relate to them. They motivate us. They're funny. They make us laugh. How about this? They make us feel good about ourselves. Anyone else? We wish we could be a little more like them. What's that? Or because they're just quirky and, and funky. I jotted down a few things here also. Most of, most of these I've already covered. You know, how about because they've done so much for you? You know, we find it easy to talk about our parents because they've done so much for us. Or our, our loved ones because they've done so much. Or how about, you know, it's, it's easy to talk about the people that you know you have a future with. You know, when you're not just telling stories of the past, but you can talk about them because you know that tomorrow's going to be a brand new story. question. The person that you have in your mind, the person that immediately came to mind when we started talking about who do you find it easy to talk about? Any of them ever rise from the dead? Any of them ever pay the price for your sin? Take your punishment for you? Any of them ever believe in you when you were you know, at your absolute worst and said, oh no, no, no. I know you. I really know you. You're going to pull through this. We could go on and on when it comes to talking about Jesus. The things that we listed, the things that we find it easy to talk about other people because we're proud of them, because they're awesome, because we, we want to be like them. We admire them. All of our answers... Because they're quirky. I mean, <laughs> all of those things I think fit with Jesus Christ. We should all be able to talk about Jesus Christ. Now, here's a mistake we make when it comes to talking about Jesus Christ. We try and talk about Jesus Christ within the confines of what these words say. We use this as our reservoir to draw from. And that's all right. God gave us this. But we're supposed to use this as the reservoir that we draw from when we talk about Jesus Christ. We're to talk about the life that He has given us, the experiences we have had. When we talk about Him, we're supposed to talk about Him with that fondness and that love and that adoration and the admiration that we, that we talk about anyone else that we love. 
Too many times we mistake sharing our testimony. We mistake that with talking about ourselves. And for a lot of us, we don't like to talk about ourselves. I've never had that problem. I don't mind. I don't mind talking about just about anything. Mark, you know anything about field hockey? No, sir, but I'll talk about it. But when we talk about sharing our testimony, yes, it includes talking about us, but it talks about us to point them to Jesus. It is talking about us, but at the base level, it's sharing Jesus. So that's what we're going to go over today. So Acts chapter 26, I'm going to be reading from the Message Bible. Um, I I like the way it really just makes this passage come alive. So verse 1, Agrippa spoke directly to Paul. Go ahead, tell us about yourself. Go ahead, tell us about yourself. So I shared this at the end of last week's message. I told you guys I was preaching on Acts 26. I encourage you to go home and read Acts chapter 26. Anybody, go ahead and and don't raise your hand. I just, um, you know, so we're we're reading from Acts 26. It's a great example of of the Lord just laying it out for us, saying this is a great outline to follow when sharing our testimony. There's a formula that we're going to see um, in this passage and that stays true with us in sharing our testimony. And that formula is B.C., the cross, A.D. B.C., before Christ. Our life before Christ. The cross, when we encounter Jesus Christ. When we receive Him as our Lord and Savior and we let Him do that incredible work of salvation that takes our sin and our past and our future and everything and He redeems it and gives us new life cross and then AD after after the cross after Christ after we've had that that moment of surrender where that we've received Jesus and made him our Lord and our Savior so that's that's what we're going to follow today so we're going to go ahead and read um, Acts 26 I'm going to read 4 through 11 so this is Paul speaking to Agrippa Paul said hey go ahead and tell us about yourself by the way you guys when we're in relationship with people, they might not come out and use those words, so tell me about yourself, or they might. But we have the opportunity all the time to tell someone about ourselves and to bring Jesus in and say, hey, I can't talk about myself without talking about Jesus. hope that's okay. So Acts 26, verse 4. This is Paul speaking. From the time of my youth, my life has been lived among my own people in Jerusalem. Practically every Jew in town who watched me grow up and... If they were willing to stick their necks out, they'd tell you in person. They know that I lived as a strict Pharisee, the most demanding branch of our religion. It's because I believed it and took it seriously, committed myself, heart and soul, to what God promised my ancestors. The identical hope, mind you, that the twelve tribes had lived for day and night all these centuries. It's because I have held on to this tested and tried hope that I'm being called on the carpet by the Jews. They come, or they should be the ones standing trial here, not me. For the life of me, I can't see why it's a criminal offense to believe that God raises the dead. I admit that I didn't always hold this position. For a time, I thought it was my duty to oppose this Jesus of Nazareth with all of my might. 
backed with the full authority of the high priests, I threw these believers. I had no idea they were God's people, but I threw these believers into the Jerusalem jail right and left. And whenever it came to a vote, I voted for their execution. I stormed through their meeting places, bullying them into cursing Jesus, a one-man terror obsessed with obliterating these people. And then I started on the towns outside of Jerusalem. So we're going to stop right there. In Paul's testimony, this is the B.C. portion of his testimony. This is the before Christ portion of his testimony. You know what I love about this? Paul's real. Paul's honest. He's not, you know, there's no front or facade here. He's letting you know, hey, I bullied these people. I tortured these people. And when it, come to, when it came to a vote, my vote was consistent. I said, kill them. Execute them. Put them to death. And he goes on to say why he did it. He did it because he was passionate about God. He was just misguided. He was passionate about God. It says so from a young age. I was passionate about God. He just was doing it for the sake of religion, not for the sake of Jesus. So he persecuted Jesus. He persecuted those who bore the name of Jesus, who stood and said, I am a Christian. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. The awesome thing about our testimony is we get the opportunity to just share and to be real. And it's your story, and your story counts. Your story counts. It is powerful. It is valid. Nobody can, as long as you are telling the truth and being real, nobody can invalidate your story. Because it is your life. It is your experience. And you don't have to, you know, you don't have to embellish. You don't have to apologize for it. You know, when I, when I share my past, I don't, I don't glorify the past. I don't bring things up, you know, proud of those things I did. But I also don't shy away from sharing, hey, these were some pretty crummy things I did. I don't have to be ashamed of it because Jesus redeemed me. He washed away my sin. The past, that's no longer, no longer a part of me. It's part of my testimony. Amen? This is good stuff. So I want to ask, oh, there's two questions. And by the way, um, if you're not really a note taker, um, early, maybe tomorrow or Monday, um, our this sermon will be online. My notes will be online. You can download my notes in PDF format. So every week, you know, if you don't have time to take notes during the sermon, go to our website in the media section and just download the notes. And, and that way you can kind of study from there. So these some of these questions I'm going to ask, they're going to be in the notes that you can download later. So question number one. What was the early spiritual background that you had and how did it affect you? Give thought to those kind of things. When you're sharing your testimony, what was your early spiritual background? Well, you know, I was raised in a home where I didn't even know God existed. Well, I was raised in a great, fine, strong Christian home. Hey, I was raised in a home where we went to church, but I never knew Jesus. Okay? So when we, when we share our testimony, think about that. Think about the, the early foundational things. And then the second question, what caused you to consider following Christ? Well, you know, I, I thought my life was pretty good, but then we had this traumatic moment in our life. You know, my mom came down with cancer or my family won the lottery and everything that I thought, if I only had everything, I'd be happy. And then we won the lottery and I found out, well, man, I'm still not happy. You know, think about that. What was it that considered you to follow Christ? So there'll be six questions total, but those are the first two.
So let's jump to verse 12, where Paul points us to the cross, where Paul talks about his experience with Jesus. One day on my way, this is the very next verse, one day on my way to Damascus, armed as always with papers from the high priest authorizing my action, right in the middle of the day, a blaze of light, light outshining the sun, poured out of the sky on me and my companions. Oh, King, it was so bright. We fell on our faces. Then I heard a voice in Hebrew, Saul, Saul, why are you going out to get me? Why do you insist on going against the grain? I said, who are you, master? The voice answered, I am Jesus, the one you're hunting down like an animal. But now, up on your feet, I have a job for you. I've handpicked you to be a servant and witness to what's happened today and to what I am going to show you. I'm sending you off to open the eyes of the outsiders so they can see the difference between dark and light and choose light. See the difference between Satan and God and choose God. I'm sending you off to present my offer of sins forgiven and a place in the family, inviting them into the company of those who begin real living by believing in me. This right here, this is the reason we even have a testimony. We encountered Jesus. We encountered Jesus. We found out that regardless of the junk we were doing, regardless of the garbage that was in our past, He had a plan for us. Don't you love this? That Jesus right away says, Get on your feet. I'm the one you were persecuting. But get up because I've got a plan for you. Get up. I've got a purpose for your life. He didn't wait and say, Hey, I want you to go to Bible college. And if you pass, if you make the dean's list and pass with a 3.2 or higher, I've got a plan and a purpose for you. No. He's like, i got a plan for you. i got a purpose for you. Jesus has a purpose for each one of us. Each one of us. As we're sharing our testimony, we need to give thought to that moment when we said yes to His plan for our lives. When we said yes. If you're here today and you cannot remember ever saying yes to Him, say yes today. Say yes today. Lord, yes. I believe in you. And I receive you in your life and your forgiveness. We've got to be able to recall the moment that we said yes and said, that was the day that my life was changed. The third question. What realization did you come to that motivated you to receive Christ? What realization did you come to? Was it the realization that I'm a sinner? I am a sinner. If I died today, I would be in hell. Was it the realization that I can't do this on my own? I thought I could. I thought I could. Was it the realization to go, you know what, no matter how good I am, I I sin every dang day. And Jesus paid the price for that sin. And I'm going to receive it. 
Christ. When we give our lives to Christ, we change. Not because He gave us a set of rules to follow. Not because He gave us this long list of do's and don'ts. We change because when we give Him our heart, the strangest thing happened. Now we wanted to please Him. We wanted to please Him. We wanted to obey Him. We wanted to make our daddy happy. When we share our testimony, we have to share of how our life has changed since giving our lives to Christ. You know what? That testimony that we have, there, there are, we're going to have difficult experiences in our life that take place after we've given our lives to Christ. How many of you guys know that for a fact? We're going to have difficulties. We're not exempt. When we give our lives to Christ, that doesn't all of a sudden give us the, the golden ticket. We get to go eat lots of chocolate. See orange people. When we give our lives to Christ, we are guaranteed, we are promised, we will never be alone. We never have to walk through the difficulties alone. He will always be there. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Verse 19. What could I do, King Agrippa? I couldn't just walk away from a vision like that. I became an obedient believer on the spot. I started preaching this life change, this radical turn to God and everything it meant in everyday life. Right there in Damascus, went on to Jerusalem and the surrounding countryside, and from there to the whole world. It's because of this whole world dimension that the Jews grabbed me in the temple that day and tried to kill me. They want to keep God for themselves, but God has stood by me just as he promised, and I'm standing here saying what I've been saying to anyone, whether king or child, who will listen. And everything I'm saying is completely in line with what the prophets and Moses said would happen. One day the Messiah must die. Two, raised from the dead. He would be the first rays of God's daylight shining on people far and near. People both godless and God-fearing. This is the A.D. portion of Paul's testimony. Thank God we have an A.D. portion of our testimony. Thank God we have the the goodness of the Lord in our life and that He has changed our lives. Question number five. How did your life begin to change after you trusted Christ? And question number six. What other benefits have you experienced since becoming a Christian? You know, I love spontaneity and I love passionate people. But even more so, I love a thoughtful person. I, I treasure a deep thinker, a thoughtful person, someone who gives thought. Church, for us to have an impacting testimony, we have got to give thought to these things. We have got to sit and think about what our life was like before we knew His grace and His salvation and His forgiveness before we knew that His face shone upon us, that He smiled at us, that He loved us, that He keeps us. Before we experience the cross, we need to give thought to what that life was like. And we need to put it into terms where we can share that. We need to give thought to the moment 
that we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that we put our trust in Him and believed Him. And we need to give thought to what that means today. You know, I said it last week. There's not a person in this room the burden of convincing is upon you. You do not carry the burden or the responsibility of con- convincing. The purpose of your testimony is not to convince. The Holy Spirit will do that, and He does it really well. We don't have to convince them. We don't have to persuade them. We don't have to talk them into it. Because if we can talk them into it, someone else will talk them out of it. Someone more persuasive than us. More convincing than us. That's not our job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is to present. Our job is to share. Our job is to give them something to ring in their ears that the Holy Spirit can use and say, that was weird. I can't believe... I can't believe Gina said that. Man, why did she say that, by the way? Let's think about what she said again. Now, really think about it. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's just working on them. They're like, yeah, I can't believe she said that. And tell me, I need Jesus. And, well, why do you need Jesus? Well, I'm not saying I do. And I, next thing you know, they're having this whole conversation with God, and they don't, didn't even realize it. We've got to give thought to these things. That, that's... Man, that's that's a huge thing. To have a testimony, you can't just get up there and kind of wing it. You can't just keep on going, oh, oh, hold on, let me back up, let me back up again. Hold on, I totally forgot this. You know, <laughs> Next thing you know, you're 20 minutes in, they're like, wow, you really do like to talk about yourself because we didn't really give thought to the fact that it's got to be talking about Jesus. We have a role to play. And it's, it's to be quick to share to be ready. That's what I preached last week. Be ready. We are called to be ready. We are called to speak of Jesus' goodness. We can't just it's a cop out to say, I'll let my life be my witness. I'll let my life be my witness. That's that's kind of fill in the blank there. Our life is supposed to to be a witness, but we are supposed to share. It's not one or the other. We, we are meant to tell of the goodness of God. This passage that we read, it's just so beautifully lays it out for us. There's going to be plenty of opportunities that we have for people to say, hey, tell me about yourself. Hey, so what's your story, man? Tell me all about James. Guys, if we've given our life to Christ, there's no telling the story without talking about Christ. There's no telling the story of Mark. It's impossible for me to tell the story of Mark without talking about Jesus. I was meeting with somebody, not a believer, and his marriage was going through some difficulties. And he said, hey, would you, you know, can we meet? So I'm like, absolutely. So we met in the bar of a restaurant. And, uh, I started talking. I said, hey, I just need to go ahead and let you know right now. I have opinions. But outside of Jesus Christ, those opinions, you know, I wouldn't put a whole lot in them. I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock in my opinions outside of Jesus. But the good news is everything I'm sharing you is contained within Jesus. I can't give you advice without telling you what I feel like Jesus is, is leading me to say to you. So when I share, and I, you know, I know that we have some differing beliefs on God, but just so you're totally aware, I can't talk about how how your marriage can be whole without bringing Jesus into it. You know, so you cool with that? He's like, 
Absolutely, I, I know that. It's okay. And I proceeded to share Jesus. And right there in this bar, there came a point and I said, are you ready to give your life to Christ? Are you ready to trust Him? You say you believe in Him. Are you ready to stop doing it your way and say, Lord, I'm willing to do it your way? Right now, right here. Ain't nobody paying attention to us anyway. He, he, he said no. But that's not... That's okay. Because my job wouldn't convince him. My job was to share and to trust the Holy Spirit. When we talk about evangelism, you know, for some of us, it's still a scary thing, even though we've talked about differing styles that we have and differing ways we can just be ourselves and share, that we can serve, or that if we're more outspoken or bold, you know, there's a style that fits us. But for a lot of us, it's still, it's still pretty scary. So I want to give you some practical ways that we can begin to live an evangelistic life. Okay? This is good stuff. Everything else I shared, I think that was good stuff too. But this is good stuff too. So we're going to go over five P's. The five P's of practical prolification of, I don't know, uh, of uh, evangelizing. I was trying to string together some more P's, but you know, it just wasn't working. Number one, prayer. Prayer. Be honest with God. Be honest with God. In our confession, in our prayer, in our asking for help. Be honest with God in our prayer. Lord, I know I'm supposed to give a hoot about this, but I don't. (laughs) I just don't. Be honest with God. He loves our honesty. He loves our communication and our involvement. Lord, I know I'm supposed to do this, but God, I'm doing everything I can to avoid it. I avoid this like the plague because I don't know what I'm doing and I'm not comfortable with it. So Lord, help me. Help me. Lord, I I, I feel kind of scared. I just need your boldness. Can you give me your boldness? Be honest in our prayer with God. Prayer. It starts with prayer. I've said that from the beginning. Evangelism starts with prayer. Because it's not about you and I. It's not about our great efforts and action and cool, colorful pamphlets, you know, or any of that stuff. It starts with prayer. Lord, I'm going to talk to people about you because I know you've called me to do this and I yield to you because you're the boss. Eve, I, I'm gonna, I don't like it. I'm a little irritated with you. But I'm going to do it because you told me to. Now you say you're going to quit me, so quit me and set the stage. You know who I'm going to talk to? I don't. You do. Prepare their hearts now, Lord. I don't know who I'm going to talk to, but you do. Prepare their hearts, Lord. Lord, prepare my heart. Lord, I, I do know some people that I want to talk to, but it kind of scares me too because parent or a friend or a co-worker and we just kind of keep God out of the relationship but Lord I want to bring you into the relationship so help me those type of things That's, that is good stuff just be honest with God number two passages passages read the passages that fire you up it's like you know before a game I, I played sports growing up you know to get pumped up you know you'd pop in you know a song that got y'all fired up and you know you'd be getting all worked up do the same thing read passages that fire you up 
For me, it's Luke 15. Luke 15, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. Man, it, it, it wraps up. That passage wraps up with the lost son, the prodigal son. Oh, okay, Lord, now I'm reminded. Now I'm reminded what I'm doing this for. It's for you. It's for those that are lost, that have gone astray, can come back home to know your goodness and your love. So yes, Lord. Man, get yourself fired up. Get some passages that just do it for you. And read those things again and again. Number three, partner. Partner. Find an evangelistic partner that will inspire you and push you towards evangelism. Find a partner. Find someone with his accountability and go, all right, man. I want you to partner with me for this evangelism effort and let's do this because I, I think it'd be easier to do it together than me doing it alone. So you with me? You know, will you fire me up? Can we partner in this together? It's a great tool. Number four, person. Let's never forget that it's people that we're talking about that need Jesus. It's a person. It's a life. Okay, it's not a number. It's a person. Have at least one non-Christian friend who you ache for. Who you hurt for. That you want to see them saved from death and the fires of hell. That you want on this, on this earth, on this life, you want to see them come to know His grace and to walk in a freedom that you know but they don't. Church, if we don't have non-Christian friends, you better go to a bar or go to the streets or somewhere and get some non-Christian friends. I'm serious. We are not called to just be this religious clique where we only have Christian friends. If you don't have any non-Christian friends that you ache for, that's your homework. Now, even if you didn't read Acts 26, which was kind of your homework last week, this is more important homework. Guys, if we really think about who Jesus is to us, how in the world could we keep our mouths shut to those people we love? Why would we do that? Why would we keep our mouths shut? For the fear of offending? Get over that fear. You offend people all the time. I offend them a little more than you do. That's all right. Is it fear of offense? Is it fear of making them uncomfortable? Are you kidding me? And we're uncomfortable all the time. And being uncomfortable is a good thing. A baby, when they poop themselves, they're uncomfortable. And so they cry. And so we respond to their cry and we take away the poopy. And we clean them up. For those of you who don't have kids, this is, this is the process of how to change the diaper. This is what I'm doing right here. Just changing the diaper, wiping away the poop. Hey, who said we're supposed, to be, we're supposed to be comfortable all the time? I don't want you comfortable all the time. I don't want to be comfortable all the time. Four, that's person. And then five, participate. Do it together. Teamwork. Do a discipleship evangelism combo. So my man right here, we did this. We participated. We had an evangelism discipleship combo. His mom was in town. She didn't know Jesus. He's like, I want her to know Jesus. I'm calling him the big gun. I was the big gun. And so we had lunch together. 
it was a discipleship evangelism combo because as I'm evangelizing, I'm also discipling him. Whether he sees how it's done. He sees how I just freely and vulnerably talk about my life in Christ. Hey, I got a friend and, and, and he, the friend always reminds me of you. So can we get together, you know, for coffee or for lunch? And, you know, I, I want to bring you into their life. And, you know, let's kind of tag team them. Let's team up. Do it. It's great. It's a wonderful thing to do. You don't have to do it alone. We're a team. We're a family, right? You don't have to do it alone. You're not on an island. I'll join you. Anyone in this room will join you. So I'm done. I'm done. This has been Evangelism Equipping 101. And you've all been presented with the curriculum. You've all been presented with the test. And the grade will not come back until you actually do instead of hear. We're not called to just be hearers of the word. You've all heard the word. We're called to be doers of the word. To pass this test, to pass this equipping one-on-one time, we've got to go out there and do. We've got to put it into practice. We've got to, and we've got to do it quick. Let's be quick to do it. God has given each one of us unique, cool, quirky, odd, wonderful giftings and talents and personality traits. And we're to use them to further the kingdom and to to draw people to the king. We got, we got to do it, church. This series is called Heritage. This is who we are. If you are uncomfortable with this, go out there and do it. I want you a little more uncomfortable. If you want me to come with you, I'll come with you. If you, if you need a pep talk, I'll, I'll pop in Eye of the Tiger, baby. Dun, 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 dun. If you need a few scriptures, hey, Mark, I need a few scriptures to fire me up. I'll, I'll point you in the right direction. I'll send you an email. I'll give you 20 to choose from. Read them all, baby. Read them all 10 times. See which one really moves you. This portion of this Heritage Series is talking about who we are. Church, this is who we are. We tell people about Jesus. We tell people about Jesus, about His goodness. And in a testimony, it's a way to do it in a real tangible way where you, you, you get to be you. Don't be me. I said don't be me, not don't be mean, but don't be mean either. Be you. Only Eric can be Eric. Give thought. What was your life like before Christ? What were some of the things that you put your trust in? that let you down and that failed you and that hurt you? What led you to that point when you said, maybe I need to give Jesus a a try? What led you to that point when you said, Lord, I give you my life? And 
since you've given him your life? What are the ways that you walk in fulfillment and joy and peace? What are the benefits, the benefits of your salvation? See, the benefit of salvation is not just heaven. The benefit of our salvation is we get to walk with him right now. We get to be in relationship with him right now. Let's pray. Lord, even as we sit here still and quiet before you, we set our hearts and our minds and our attention and our focus and our sights on you. Lord, we believe you in your word when you tell us that we are called to do this, that we are called to take your good news to the world, that we're to start in our own home and then we're go to go in our neighborhood, and then we're good to go in our region, and then we're to take it to the whole world. Lord, when your word says that, we believe you. And we believe we're not, you weren't just talking about someone else, that you were talking about us, about me. So Lord, we say yes to you. Now Lord, as we, as we pray and as we speak with you, Lord, we're just going to be real. We're going to be real about our lack. We're going to be real about our fears or insecurities. We're going to be real about our desires and our need. But Lord, I thank you that you are awesome. And that whatever those concerns that we bring to you, that you are great and you are good and your your mercy and your power is what goes before us. That we are motivated by your love. We are empowered by your Holy Spirit to do this. So Lord, we say, use me. Lord, we just make this real easy. Yes. Yes. We say yes to you, Lord. We're going to do this, Lord. You got to show us how. Lord, you got to speak to us and sometimes we're dense and sometimes we're a little slow and we don't see the opportunity right in front of us. So Holy Spirit, we need to hear from you. But when we hear from you, we're going to respond. When we get that urging, we're going to respond. And we might not have all the answers, but we have the answer, Jesus Christ. So Lord, I pray right now that you would just, Holy Spirit, empower each person in this place to do this work of evangelism, to give thought to their testimony and to share with vulnerability and realness and power the good news of your Son, Jesus Christ.